2: Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dusty Evely. With me is Sarah Kelleher. And oh, oh, not hosting, but who's that? Who's that (laughs) man? It's Steve Perhatch. Steve, what's going on, brother? Oh, you know, trying to get
1: kids to sleep and stuff. I was, uh, I'm a little late to the game here, so I appreciate you taking over the hosting duties for a week and give me a little bit of a reprieve and just kind of let me relax and react. So it'll be, it'll be a fun episode, I think.
2: You bet, yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of of freewheeling Steve, kind of sitting in the background and just just spouting hot takes. So I'm excited <laughs> to see where the night takes us. Uh, Sarah, how are you?
3: I'm good. Glad the gang is back together this week, and with Steve reacting, I think our conversation from last week, Dusty the uh, old man yelling into angry cloud meme, <laughs> is just it's gonna come to fruition this week. So I'm really so excited uh, to see how it all unfolds.
2: It's going to be great. It's going to be a good night. I can feel it. There's something in the air, man. I can feel it. So first things first before we get going too much, the Packers, you know, they had a game that we've got a game tomorrow as you're listening to this Packers have a Thursday game. So we've got the game against the Chiefs, Uh, but there was a game last week against the Saints. I know it's kind of old news at this point, so we won't get into it too much, except we had boots on the ground. Steve, Mm -hmm. you were at the game. You Mm -hmm. took a child to the game. How'd it go, man? I took a seven-year-old
1: to the game uh, who doesn't have any interest in football. So you know <laughs> the cards were stacked against us for sure. But I think I made a I think I made an impact because by about the third quarter, we left mid third quarter just because, I mean she's seven and it was nine yeah. nine o'clock. So you know we had a good time. She loved loved the pro shop. <laughs> um, so Marco. we get in. Yeah, we get in the pro shop and like we're looking all around. She's like, Dad, there's a sweatshirt. Dad, there's a hat. Dad, there's this. Dad, there's that. I'm like, dude, yeah. And she then settles in and sees a stuffed animal on the table. And she's like, Dad, there's stuffed animals. And I looked at her, like, and I'm standing right next to the wall of stuffed animals. And I turned to her, and I'm like, Soren, look at the wall. And she turns around big old shit grin on her face of like oh, like there's a wall of stuffed animals so it took us about 10 minutes to figure out what stuffed animal to get uh, but she was super happy with that and then clearly suckered me in because it's the Packers and she ended up with a hat and a stuffed animal and then um, like a mini mini helmet that um, you know not the ones that people autograph but the even smaller one that sits like fits in the on your finger oh yeah and it was still that was five dollars like like i love the packers <laughs> but my goodness man i found a hoodie that i was so excited about i'm like this is so cool i love this hoodie i'm gonna buy it for myself oh it's 95 dollars. i'm like i'm not gonna buy that for myself <laughs> uh ended up with a i did end up with a nice like yellow uh nike long sleeve shirt so was, i think nice. it's some of the sideline gear so that was nice i like that and it was only 45 bucks so it wasn't bad but overall obviously it's it's Lambo like it's a great time and if you have kids that don't really care too much about it it's a preseason is perfect time to go um there's just you know nobody's going crazy nobody's standing up too much but I will say like the best part about it was she got she started to get excited anytime there was a punt because she really liked seeing the ball get kicked in the air really high and far and i mean there was a huge punt for her to see too like we saw the one from the saints that went oh, from yeah. like what the 10 yard line all the way down to the other end zone mm-hmm. so uh, a couple of punts as she saw so i was like hey that's a takeaway she liked the she liked the punts um so it's a a transition that'll happen but man it was being at Lambeau, it's awesome. It's, there's, there's no more, there's no better thing than that. So uh, it was really, really fun to be there. And I think uh, hopefully I'll try to get back there, maybe by myself during the regular season, but yeah, she, uh, she had a good time and hopefully we've uh, I've got, got her into a Packer fan for life.
2: That's awesome, dude. Without, without going too far down, like a very sappy path here. Um, you just think of, you know, you talking about the the pro shop and when we ended up buying a hat and a stuffed animal and all the stuff you ended up buying there and how much that was. That's one of those things that hopefully she looks back on 20, 30 years down the road or something. It's like, this is the hat I got my very first trip to Lambo. One of those kind <laughs> of treasured items that she has, that she's always going to have that, that now you're like, man, I, don't know, I just spent $35 on a hat for a kid. I don't know, but that's a, uh, I don't know. That could be a really very cool memory for her. And yeah, like you said, my dad got hooked on the Packers due to my grandmother buying a a pennant at a Packers lions game. Mm -hmm. So you never know, you never know what's going to inspire the lifelong fandom. Um, all right, enough with that. We're going to, enough with this happy stuff. We're going to move on. It's, it's Kenny Still season, baby. It's Kenny Still season, baby. Um, which won't take too much time on this. Basically, there was a, there's a Twitter interaction where, uh, someone said to tag Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills reacted to a, to a Randall Cobb tweet. This guy tagged, uh, Kenny Stills and said, Do you want to come to the Packers? And Qu- Kenny Stills responded, flood Aaron Rodgers mentioned. And then if you look, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of people saying, Aaron Rodgers signed this man. I don't know how anyone feels about this. Uh, I like the idea of Kenny Stills, and I looked at Kenny Stills like last two or three years of stats, and I don't know that I like the idea of Kenny Stills anymore, but uh Steve, Sarah, you guys have any thoughts on Kenny Stills to the Packers? I know he's a, he's a vet. If you put him in the wide receiver room, I don't think any of us are taking this seriously. But let's say Kenny Stills actually comes to Green Bay. How excited would that get you? Sarah, I'll start with you.
3: I don't know. I mean, this is one of those things where I saw it and, like you said, I didn't take it seriously. It was just like, haha, funny, scroll, uh, kept going, mm-hmm. you know. Um, But if the Packers were able to work a deal that wasn't too expensive and you can come in and, like you said, bring some experience to the room, then sure, that's fine. You know, I'm not going to be over the moon about it, but I'm also not going to be pissed Um, as long as they don't overpay.
1: Yeah, Steve, you? this feels a lot more like an injury uh, guy that if there is an injury in the room that they can bring somebody in like him. Um, I'm at this point, like I feel like Rogers has stated multiple times. He feels like he's comfortable with the room. I mean, Lazard is out here like spewing all sorts of, of just I'm number one receiver. I can't wait to see what to, to I can't wait for you guys to see what me and Aaron Rogers are going to do this year. Like, dude's like he's got the confidence so i I'm, I'm i'm legit excited to see that with sammy watkins um with Cobb, with rogers with um you know everybody that they've, they've got like i'm okay right now i don't need i don't need kenny stills like they've got speed they've got um you know they don't have a lot of experience but man like the room's probably better than you think and i think it was even rogers who said he's like i i looked at the huddle today and like all of a sudden they had bakhtiari back they had uh big dog. They had Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. They had Randall Cobb. They had like all of a sudden you're like, yeah, this offense is probably going to be a lot better than people are saying. So I'm not too worried if Kenny Stills wants to come in after we hit, there's an injury. Sure. Cool. But right now I think I think I'm comfortable and I'm sure they are rolling with what they got.
2: Yeah. yeah. Kenny Stills is is a vet who's had a history of injuries. Last year he had sixty-eight receiving yards. The year before he had 144. I'm good. I'm 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 good off that. I know I like adding a vet to the uh to the mix, but we've already got some vets that like to get injured. So uh, I'm, I'm good <laughs> off like that. Like you said, maybe maybe in the case of an injury, but no, I'm good. I'm good. Uh all right, moving on, to more important things. Uh, Steve, D- David Bakhtiari was on McAfee today. I know I didn't get a chance to watch it. I did not know he was on until you mentioned it. So sounds like maybe he talked about the injuries and stuff. What were some of the uh, the takeaways of, of Bakhtiari and McAfee?
1: Yeah, I didn't get to listen to the whole thing, but I was listening to the radio today, and they, um, they were playing a couple of the, the highlights from the show. Uh, it sounds like he did make fun of Aaron Rodgers because one of the quotes was, you think Aaron actually read that book? So gotta love the back and forth between the two of them. Um, and he also stated he loves the attitude and the mindset of the team. So like, you know, I think he's excited to be back, but the thing that I really took away from the the quote that I heard was it, it was talking about his surgeries and where he was at. And he was saying that he had three surgeries in, in 20 months and it had a compounding effect on him. Um, he said he feels totally different from where he was last year. And he really talked about how he thought that he was in a good spot. And I believe it was um, him coming back in the lions game. He mentioned the lions game and talked about like, he just didn't recover. Like he, and, and he's like, it was a playoff game that was up next. He's like, I couldn't go. He's like, I just could not go. And then he's like, he's like, it didn't matter. If it was a playoff game. It didn't matter if it was a Super Bowl. He's like, I wouldn't have been able to go. And then, said they they kind of gave him the you know take the off season like just relax get your get yourself back and uh said he had to get another scope because he said that he they're like well what what like what were you feeling did you have tingles did you have swelling did you have pain did you have like and he just lists off like five different symptoms and doctors is like yes Yes, I had all of those. And so he said he's now feeling in a much better spot, which is awesome. Um, that's what you want from the left tackle. And then if you're getting Elton Jenkins back, man, all of a sudden that offensive line going to be giving Aaron Rodgers some time, giving some, creating some big holes for his running backs. And, again, you feel a lot better about the offense when you have a healthy David Bakhtiari
2: and Elton Jenkins there. Like, okay, we're going to be rolling now. Yeah, you, you get one of those guys back and you feel better. You get both of those guys back, and suddenly this concern that a lot of us, I know me included, I've had all off season uh, to some extent, uh, suddenly looks looks like I wasted a whole lot of time worrying about about absolutely nothing. Um, and I all believe right, so we it, we talked about
1: this multiple times of like, huh? let's get into August and September and see where he's at before we all start freaking out.
2: Yeah, and I, I know I, I kind of took the mind of I kind of tr- I trust Stanovich and whoever they had. I felt like was going to be good enough, but it still was. You start looking at that lineup, going, "Boy, if this is the starters, man, I don't know about this." Um, but that's good. I, I love I love and hate hearing Bakhtiari talk about his injury because you're like, "Man, that that man's been through hell." Like he wanted to get out there, but that man's been through hell. So hopefully, we'll see him on the field soon. Uh, there's a, there's a practice today. Uh, so we'll hit some of our, our key takeaways. Um, I'll kick off with a couple of mine and this, this kind of in advance of the game tomorrow. Uh, LaFleur said, uh, there was, you know, some buzz, some, some questions that were answered that were just kind of like a little vague about who was going to play this week. LaFleur came out and said, the starters are not playing against the Chiefs. He basically, I think he said, starters are not playing against the Chiefs unless those starters have played the other preseason games. So offensive line, that's on the table, but guys like, you know, Rodgers, Dylan Jones, the the entire secondary, any of those guys, they they are not playing. So just you know, be prepared for that. Uh, we're not going to see them until week one, and you can say that's wise or say that's not wise, but they will not be playing. Um, the thing that got me excited was uh, they said if Christian Watson is medically cleared, he'll be playing. He's been at practice. Uh, so who knows, I'm guessing at max, he'll get like eight or nine snaps, even if he is medically cleared. But the thought of seeing Christian Watson in a couple of days or tomorrow is very, very exciting. Um, another thing I saw was that Russell Douglas has taken reps at safety, which I don't know that he's done much in the past, but with we'll talk about some of the, you know, injury waiver a little later, but with, I think they're going to do a little more of the uh, two linebackers as opposed to three safeties, but that gives them maybe the flexibility to kind of spin Rasul back, not a full-time safety. Maybe they're just trying this out. See how it goes. So that was a, that was a fun note. I thought just kind of mixing, mixing your back there. And the other thing I saw, and I think this was the first time he practiced was Rasheed Walker, the seventh round pick that a lot of people were very high on tackle kind of a tackle project prospect, but we haven't really seen because he's been injured. He was out there today. Uh, So that was pretty exciting. So that was, uh, you know, just a handful of things that I took away, obviously not there, but just from stuff I'm reading, like, oh, that sounds exciting. Um, Sarah, what do you got from your, uh, your practice slash camp takeaways today that kind of caught your eye?
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
4: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
3: Yeah, so also not there. So just scrolling the Twitter feeds and seeing what content is out there. Uh, sort of a follow-up from last week when we answered a question about somebody that, um, you know, is hurt right now or maybe nursing an injury. And who do you who do you want to see back, you know, besides Bakhtiari most in, in week one? And I had mentioned Crosby, and we know he's been dealing with an injury and special teams has already been a mess. So let's keep the most consistent piece of that um, there. Um, and he mentioned today that he's six weeks out from his uh, surgery and the goal around that time was to be progressing and kicking more and that he mentioned he hit a sets inside today and felt really good at practice or yesterday technically at practice but that was what he said so uh was really just happy to see that and it seems like he's on track uh, for a return week one which is uh comforting is how i would describe it um also apparently it was the tyler davis revenge tour uh it's been he's been <laughs> struggling and. The preseason games a bit but seemed to be on fire in practice on Tuesday Uh, mentioned that he caught a touchdown pass from uh, what Matt Schneidman described as a bullet from Aaron Rodgers against the starting defense and that Rodgers did a big fist pump at the end and then shortly after that he had another touchdown catch with the twos uh, from a pass from Jordan Love so good for him um, my only, I guess, concern there is just he seems to practice well. But then once they they go into the like a more game like setting, he it, it's a bit different. But maybe it's just jitters and he's a bit nervous. Uh, I'm not sure there. Um, and then apparently, you know, Randall Cobb celebrated his birthday the other day, and he's doing that in style because he's just been absolutely, according to Twitter, destroying the hands drills um, in practice and looking like he's. A young buck out there, just full of life and energy. So good for Randall Cobb. I know Dusty is probably just thrilled to hear this. <laughs> sure. um, it's got to be the last- new Jugs machine. <laughs> <laughs> and last thing, you know, the Packers are playing the Chiefs tomorrow uh, for their preseason game, and we know that one of the Packers' newest wide receivers, Sammy Watkins, uh, is a former uh, Chief at one point, and he uh, said in an interview today. Or Tuesday, sorry. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is incredibly good, but a Rod is on a whole other level. So interesting, you know. It's just the the clickbaity uh, headlines that we we enjoy during the off season. But curious, you know, does that stir anything up ahead of the return um, and just seeing each other again? You know, we know MVS is on the Chiefs now, and Dusty had mentioned you know he's saying stuff. Oh homes is just different so it's always you know what they say about their quarterback but interesting timing for the preseason game this week
2: tyree kill out there saying that Tua is the best quarterback he ever played with like i don't know i don't know what's going on man most accurate most accurate, most accurate. yeah offseason's wild man uh <laughs> steve you got any uh skinny any simmering anger over sammy watkins or any camp takeaways
1: no, i mean uh, like you said like He's going to support his new quarterback. Like, that's what he's going to do. Uh, what is he? Is he really going to come out and be like, no, you know, Patrick Mahomes is way better than Aaron Rodgers? Like, <laughs> no, like who would actually do that when you're, no, that's just, that's ridiculous. Um, camp takeaways. I will say, though, I, I, I'm i very curious because Dusty, I'm, you said, uh, I know uh, there's a tweet, like, you went to like the dark web to get all 22 access to the preseason games. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, I had to to do some things, yeah. Some things I'm not proud of. I'm just very curious.
1: Like, how did you think Jordan Love looked in the preseason game? Because I know, like, his stats weren't amazing, and I know everybody's like, oh, his stats aren't amazing, but he looks good. Like, being there and watching him felt different than the first two years. Like, seeing him play, and, like, so I'm just kind of curious, like, is that something that you guys are actually seeing in the tape as well, or is that um just because like i watched and i was like dude this is he's making throws
2: like his presence was a lot more than i've than i remember the last two years yeah i mean the first game the first game has certainly showed up the first preseason game and that his though his reads i think he he made like one really bad decision in that game that's like well you can't do that in a game uh and he missed some throws of the flat and he was a little more erratic in that first game but his decision making. Uh, his footwork basically once he dropped back, like they have, if he had a plan that showed up in the first preseason game, but the accuracy and some of the decision-making on a couple of them were a little shakier. This second game, he looked miles better now that I mean, you're it's not like he suddenly is the guy we saw in the second right. preseason game. But I mean, he—I don't know that he made a bad decision. Um, that—that that I really saw, like at least a horrible decision. You know, the one in the first game where he lofted a ball with a guy in his face, and like if there's a safety back there, that that he's taking that sucker to the house. He didn't everything like that. He missed a couple throws of the flat, but his uh, it, it can—I don't know—his his accuracy is always going to be an issue. I think his ball placement was better this one, and yeah, just his decisiveness. Um, the ball out of his air. I mean, he had a big time over at Utah State, mm-hmm. but everything we'd seen up to this point it felt like um. And some of those outs, it felt like there was like the zip wasn't there. It was kind of, it it was floated. He could chuck the ball deep, but a lot of that stuff on a line wasn't very good. But he had a throw. I think it was to Dobbs. I think it was like on a play action that it was like a 20 yard out from the opposite hash that he just zipped on a line. Like, and, and we hadn't seen anything like that from him before in Green Bay. So I think, I think it does show up. I've not done a full review. I was going to do some tonight, maybe tomorrow looking at all that stuff. He looks. Yeah, much more decisive, Uh, th- making better decisions. Accuracy is still a little spotty, but even that, like accuracy is better than it was, and that ties to his footwork's been better. So, yeah, he's – I mean, what, would you, what you were seeing, I think, so far, that's shown up on tape. Like he's he looks like a much better quarterback than the guy that we'd seen, you know, the last preseason. Yeah. The confidence, it seems like it, it was there. Yeah. And yeah. I actually read
1: uh, – I think one of the things that I read, because I remember watching the play where he, he lofted a ball to Dobbs it was on the sideline and like Dobbs had to like adjust multiple times, like trying to figure out where the ball was. I was like, Ooh, that looks like an inaccurate pass. And then you, I actually read that Dobbs was saying, he's like, they, him and love saw the ball, saw the, the play differently. Like he said he was engaging into the safety while, And then love thought he was going to be fading away from the safety. So like, it was just interesting. He's like, you know, we'll get more reps. We'll be more comfortable with each other. And, that will learn that. And so I was like, oh, okay, that like, to me, that just, it was very evident that the confidence was a lot was there. So um, I guess my biggest takeaway after the, that, like 10 minute ramble that I just went on with you. Um, uh, I'm just, I, I find some of the national media stuff laughable uh, where they just, you can tell they don't do any research outside of like wanting to get clicks because I saw something, I think it was PFF tweeted out like that. Aaron Rodgers and Romeo Dubs are, are are lunchtime buddies now. And if you've read that story, if you've heard that article, if you've heard the interview from Aaron Rodgers talking about lunchtime, like he's talking about where you know he does engage pe- with with people and want to want to have lunch with them and talk to them, but he also said that he will go and sit by himself and see who comes up to him. And we were talking about this before, but Devontae Wyatt is the guy who has come up to him and, like, been his lunchtime buddy. Like, that's the guy who has sought Aaron Rodgers out to question him and talk to him and have things to, like, discuss. And so it just, yeah, Romeo, he sat with Romeo at at lunch and, you know, they've talked, but it's just to me, it's the laziness of the national and media. that is like, Ooh, we can make this a clickable story. Like let's do that instead. So, um, but honestly, like, I think it's a, it, it's a really cool thing that like Rogers is sitting down with the rooks and, and doing this stuff because he knows he has to. And, and it's a good thing for them. So to me, that's a, that's a big takeaway of, of Aaron Rodgers. Like I know he missed all of like mini camps and whatever, but yeah, he's invested in these guys and
2: wants them to succeed as well. So. Bad teammate. Can't win with him, Steve. No, he's horrible. Can't, he's horrible. Can't win with him. Terrible. It sucks. Um, just awful, man. Yeah, it's funny because that, that we talked about that that uh Schneidman wrote a story about that over at the Athletic. And the story is a Devontae Wyatt story. <laughs> <laughs> as far as him speaking out Rogers Devontae Wyatt is the 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 subject in that story but yeah yeah no good point um all right so we did have the the roster had to get down from 85 to 80 today or yesterday I guess when listening to this so there were some cutdowns now I'm, I'll just read through them and we'll do kind of quick takes uh from here so they released three players they released Chauncey Manick uh outside linebacker they released Ty Clary Offensive lineman, and they released Danny Davis. Um, Danny Davis, the writing was on the wall when he got number twenty um, as a wide receiver. That was not going to end well, but he made a nice play. But he's out. Uh, listen, ooh, man, this, you don't you don't put twenty on a wide receiver. Like you you know what this is. Uh, they waived. This is the surprise, and, and we'll get to this. They waved Vernon Scott. It was the safety expected to be the three, the number three. Not a surprise as they put Kylan Hill on the pup. He tore his ACL in particularly violent fashion in, I believe, week eight last year. So he's not ready. So he's going to miss at least the first four games of the season. And they traded offensive lineman Cole Van Lannan to the Jags for a seventh-round pick. So of those guys, we'll read through them again. Chauncey Manick, Ty Clary, Danny Davis, Vernon Scott, Kylan Hill, Cole Van Lannan, all cut down or placed on PUP in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Steve, what stands out to you with those guys there?
1: You know, I thought – I know you. You had a little hate on it. Like I thought, Danny Davis was practice squad. Like I thought, he would have been somebody making a play or two. UW native. Like I thought, maybe there would have been a spot for him. But you know, waved injured. Maybe there's a chance they bring him back to that to uh, eventually when he's when he's back and healthy. And then uh, Vernon Scott was like my big surprise. Uh, yeah. You know, he was running with three. Hopefully, the, the injury isn't too bad. Maybe they can bring him back um, and have him him being waved injured will be, you know, maybe it's, maybe it is that he'll in a couple of weeks, will be able to be signed to the 53 when there's a spot open for him. And they don't think that anybody's going to be bringing him on if he is injured. So that was the big one, but hopefully they've got a plan. And especially with Rasul Douglas running, apparently with the safety group now a little bit,
2: uh, maybe they're just trying to get creative with it. Sarah, any takeaways for you from these, uh, from these guys?
3: Yeah. I mean, I agree with what Steve said about Vernon Scott that that was a little bit of a surprise. I think it really just comes down to bad timing. You see it every year with every team during preseason that somebody just has an unfortunate injury, and it might be around the time when roster cuts are happening. And unfortunately, it's the harshest part about the business of the NFL is that that just you know is the end for for guys. Danny Davis, sort of a victim to to the same thing. Um, as far as Hill I mean he's still recovering I I looked it up you know he tore his ACL week eight which was the very end of October last season and so it really hasn't even you know it's been like 10 months essentially Um, and it takes about a year to be fully back and I know people come back quicker now but like you said Dusty it was in pretty violent uh, fashion and I'm sure that yeah, I can't remember all of the details, uh, so forgive me, but I'm sure, you know, there, there could have been other damage, whether it be MCL, you know, or other, some of the other minor ligaments that don't take as much time on their own, but if, when you pair them with the ACL, um, you know, it just adds up, everything stacks up. Um, so, you know, that wasn't really a shock to me, but, you know, it's, it's that time of year. They got to make these moves and um, some are winners and some are losers, sadly.
2: Yeah. I don't really have anything to add. Uh, I think Davis, I mean, I, I said about the 20 Davis played well. Um, you know, the game he was in, I think he, it sounded like he was catching everything, but he was not kind of a, not a top tier athlete, not big enough to kind of profile as that kind of big power slot, not really shifty enough to really do a whole lot else. I did not not a whole lot of top end speed. So it seemed like he fit, but it did sound like he did well in camp kind of catching everything. And Scott is a surprise, but you know, that's a, um, yeah. Uh, the kind of the, the injury stuff that, 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 that seems like that took him out. So hopefully they can bring him back. I think they had high hopes from last year. I think the Van Lannen trade didn't really come as a shock. He was a six round pick last year, but uh, there was talk of him early in camp about potentially starting at a tackle position or something. Uh, I don't know that anyone liked that idea, but that, that was kind of in the <laughs> card. So he went from potential starting tackle to, uh, to trade to the Jag for a seventh round pick. So, and life comes at you fast, man, comes at you fast. Um, all right, so that's all we got from, uh, from kind of the, the news and notes today. As always, you guys sent questions, sent in some good questions. Uh, I don't think we're going to really hit all of them today. But, Sarah, what, what did these fine people ask of us today?
3: <laughs> we got some good ones. Our first question is from Sandro, who we haven't heard from in a little bit. So good to hear from you again. And he came back um, in just wonderful fashion with a great couple of questions. So the first one. I guess it's officially Nick Cage Tuesday from now on. If Nicholas Cage would play for the Packers, where would he line up and why would he dominate? And he says, we're almost there, guys. Hope everyone had a great summer. Stay healthy and hashtag go. So thank you, Sandro. You too. Hope you're you're doing well and that you're healthy. Steve, why don't you start with this? If Nicholas Cage would play for the Packers, where would he line up and why would he dominate?
2: uh well
1: first of all we need to discuss the fact that uh National Treasure 3 is going to be coming out hopefully soon um we we're, we're all super excited about this there is a script being sent to Nicholas Cage uh, any day now so hopefully that's uh going to be in the works uh, if he would line up for the packers i mean he's so like he's so thin like he you, you can't do an offensive or defensive line I can't imagine in his old age that he's going to be doing well, like as a defender. So maybe like, I think we would line him up as a wide receiver and then he would just have to talk his way. Like, he just have to talk his way past a guy. Like and and the 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 D B would be so entranced with what he is saying and the you know the craziness that he's going with, they'd be like, all right, man, just go, just go, like run your route. Like and he'd just be like, I right, just like, I have to let him go. I have to let him go. So I can't see him anywhere else because I can't imagine Nicholas Cage is super athletic and could like throw a football. I don't see that happening. I don't see him being a running back. So yeah, like wide receiver four, five, maybe?
3: And you, even then, really I think just, he's
1: he's going to get smoked.
3: You really just went the route um, for anyone that's watched WandaVision where Vision j- just talks to... Uh, the other vision, and they just basically have a conversation about knowledge and <laughs> mm-hmm. wisdom instead of fighting. That's what you just described there. So Nicolas Cage uh, beats his defender with wisdom and knowledge. I love it.
1: Oh, actually, now now that you said that, I might take it back. I might give him middle linebacker because that way he could talk to <laughs> quarterback. He could talk to quarterbacks before the play starts and get them to like change the plays into the things that he wants, like
2: just mind games nonstop. That's a better answer. I like that. I did not go like <laughs> 55-year-old Nick Cage starting now. I went with just Nick Cage at any point in his career. Starting That's where I went. That's where I went, Steve. And I'm surprised. I thought you were going to steal mine when Sarah went to you first. Uh, because for me, this is a no-brainer. Listen, I see... Nicholas Cage, I see Caster Troy getting himself hyped up in that prison fight and face off man, just his eyes wide and kind of going crazy. And and what does that sound like to you? That sounds like special teams ace Travis Jervey. So I picture <laughs> Nicholas Cage, that Caster Troy, just manic energy. The man's you have to be insane to be a special teams ace, that kind of like wedge buster dude. Just give me all of the insane unhinged Nick Cage energy as your special teams ace, and like they're not returning a punt against you that year. See, I still feel, I mean, what does he weigh? Like 170? You're feel thinking like he too could...
3: logically. You're thinking I know, too logically.
1: What, what is happening, Steve?
3: <laughs> I also went like the same.
1: Like wedge buster? Like, no, no. Yeah. He would run down and just get,
2: like, he'd literally bounce off somebody. Now you read, you read about some of the, the wedge buster guys, and it wasn't necessarily the biggest guys. They were just insane. And they're just they're, they're going at legs. They're kind of submarining. Those guys' careers were not long because they were just, they would just go crazy. And that's what I think. That's what I think cage is going to do. That's, that's, that's where I'm rolling. You're not taking this from me, Steve.
3: I went the unrealistic route as well, and just what I would enjoy seeing the most, and that would be if Nicholas Cage was a fullback for the Packers. You know, his long hair is flowing out of the helmet. They're on, like, yeah, (laughs) and he just runs it. Um, And like you said, he'll probably get drilled, and it might not work out. But it would just be really entertaining. I feel like Packers fans are obsessed with fullbacks, and everyone's obsessed with Nicholas Cage. So pair them together, and he come he like comes out on the field, and everyone's like, "We know who's going to get the ball. We know what's going to happen. It's Nicholas Cage. It would just be a good time." So that's what I you could would go see with.
1: him could see him with like one of the old school um, like <laughs> neck braces all the way around if he's the fullback. Yeah, I could see that
3: crop top um, maybe. <laughs>
1: oh my god, him and Aaron Rodgers in the uh, the uh, Con Air outfit together. Holy crap! That would break the internet.
3: That's art right there. All right. Next question from Matt Pickett to part question, part one. What have been your favorite Packers and non-Packers storyline this preseason? And then food, what's the limit on where and when pumpkin spice belongs? So I'll start with this one, actually, because Dusty and I talked about it a little Mm -hmm. bit before, and I think we're on the same page about our our non-Packers storyline. So – our favorite Packers storyline of the summer, um, or I guess mine, is there. There wasn't a lot, which was great uh, compared to last summer. So I'm just kind of grasping at straws. Something that I enjoyed. We talked about it a couple weeks weeks ago. Aaron Rodgers just kind of going on the podcast tour. Um, you know, he hadn't really done a lot of that outside of the Pat McAfee show, but enjoyed just the storyline of. know, Big Cat uh, from Barstool and Aaron Rodgers Rivalry. So that was that. If that's the biggest storyline, you know, it was a great summer. As far as the non-Packers storyline, mine would definitely be the whole, I don't even know what you want to call it, just the craziness (laughs) around Kyler Murray's contract and how he was instructed in his contract to watch a certain amount of hours of film And that the internet took that and ran with it and basically said he loves playing Call of Duty so much. Somebody actually found like his level of productivity and like how well he was playing uh, before Call of Duty came out every year and then after it was released. So it was just ridiculous. And it was something that just made me laugh because the internet, as it always does, took it way too far. Um, And I know Dusty enjoyed that as well.
1: Did you see that somebody actually photoshopped his uh the the headphones that he uses for Call of Duty onto his ears for when he was calling plays on the sideline? <laughs> it yeah, was it was very well done like super hard to notice but also you're like they they said like oh my god like Kyler Murray is actually using this Call of Duty headset to call plays and you had to like <laughs> zoom you had to zoom in and notice like the slight difference of the blending of the headphones I'm like oh my god like
3: people what I'm have saying. too just, much
1: times yeah much it's just time. the
3: classic story, like off season storyline of the internet is like everyone's bored we all miss football and we're just gonna take this and run with it. Um, as far as food, what's the limit on where and when pumpkin spice belongs? Uh, just behave yourselves, please. You know, pumpkin is great. Um, you know, pumpkin bread, pumpkin spice, whatever it is. But if you're throwing pumpkin in places where it doesn't belong, miss- I don't want any part of that.
1: <laughs> where, uh, Sarah? Where does where does, it, where does pumpkin not belong? <laughs> I'm sorry.
3: I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I meant like, I don't know, like in a sandwich or something. Like, you're not gonna put pumpkin spice in a turkey sandwich, but you took it and ran with it.
2: The hell I'm not, Sarah. Uh,
3: this is on, This is going in the in the notes.
2: Going in the um, notes. Um Yeah, all right, I'll move on. Okay, yeah, my favorite storyline. I could go with, with the quarterback just getting high in Brazil or whatever the devil he did, but I'm gonna go because that doesn't even that's not even a blip at this point. I'm with Sarah, I love that. The the, the storylines about the Packers are not about not centered on like non-football things. My storyline for this year is just the defense is just ripping everything to shreds. Like we had high hopes coming in. You know, the pieces, you look all the pieces that are there, and I know there's some question marks on the offense, but it's still Aaron Rodgers, and you know, you figure they're gonna operate okay. Like Rasul's just talking, man. Just talking nonstop. Like everyone's yapping. The defense is shutting down the offense. And again, I don't love the practice against each other because then you're like, well, when one does well, the other one's failing. I don't have huge, huge concerns about the offense. Um, I do have some concerns, but not huge concerns, but to see the offense just absolutely dominate day in, day out, outside of like that first practice, essentially, has been really, really cool. So I, I love all the talk about the defense, and I'm not at all read, you know, not at all concerned about getting my heart broken somewhere down the line when they don't live up to expectations. Um, don't say and,
3: that. Don't and, say and, that, Dusty.
2: And yeah, the non-Packers, the Kyler. I, I was trying to think of what it was. Sarah mentioned the Kyler four-hour film study, and yeah, the call, of the the pre and post Call of Duty's Kyler. Kyler stat splits just absolutely killed me. Um, You also had the weird stuff. Then he signed it. He signed the extension. He signed it. They had taken that clause out. And Cliff was like, uh, Cliff Kingsbury for our preseason game was like, yeah, we're going to have Kyler call some plays because sometimes he's in the way that I call him and let's see how you do big dog. It's oddly aggressive. It's like, what is going on You just signed the contract. What's going on down there. It's just, it's very, the whole thing's very strange. I have thoroughly enjoyed. Did you see the stats from when he called plays? (laughs) It wasn't good. They great. were not good. They were not good. You see the stats from the second half of the Cardinals' offense, <laughs> just yeah, during true. the season, also not yeah. good. Not I good. think. Listen, I don't. I don't think Kyler's very good. I don't think Cliff's very good either. Um, and what's the limit I'm wearing when pumpkin spice belongs? The limit does not exist, Matt. I'm. I'm. I'm not saying you. You just pumpkin spice everything. Pumpkin spice everywhere, all the time. Just do what you love and and put pumpkin spice on everything. Steve, what do you got? Okay. Uh, favorite Packers
1: storyline. Um, I don't know. Honestly, there's not too, like you guys said, it's been, it's been nice. Like it's been a
5: drama drama
1: free off season. And it's just weird after the last two years before that, where it's been all drama. So, you know, it's just been, I think that is my biggest, my favorite storyline is that there's been less drama. My favorite non Packer storyline is this whole Tom Brady masked singer, like taking a week, <laughs> couple of weeks off to go to the Bahamas, or whatever it is. Like, man, this is, again, like, I'll go. Apparently, I'm going in on national media today as the old man yelling at the clouds. But seriously, if Aaron Rodgers would have come in and be like, no, I'm going to take a couple of weeks off in training camp, like, the, the world would have been on fire. The world would have been on fire. They like all the national take guys would have been just roasting him. But now, like, oh, no, no, it's just a, a planned thing that Tom Brady did. But we can't, it's a personal thing, but we can't, we don't know, we can't talk about it. Who else besides Tom Brady gets away with that? I think nobody. No one. Yeah, I don't think anyone. So. Um, and then pumpkin spice. At least wait till September, man. That's my only. Th- that wait till September. August. August is too early for pumpkin spice lattes. It's still too. You're sweating while you're you're ordering it. That's too. That's too soon.
2: So, I drink them in June, say, man. I don't care. I don't care. Just all
1: year if I could, baby. This is my opinion, not yours, Dusty. <laughs> I'm glad that you want to drink a, a I'm pumpkin. You, it's latte wrong in June. I'm telling you, it's care. wrong. I don't care.
3: Here he goes. He's yelling at the cloud. Here he goes. I'm yelling at
1: Dusty. I'm yelling <laughs> at Dusty for being a jacket. It's the same thing. It's the so same you thing. You asked me for my opinion. and My opinion is mm-hmm. that you should wait till September. And it's like no, that's wrong. No, that's wrong. Matt,
2: that Matt asked. For, Matt asked for your opinion. I didn't ask for your opinion. Matt asked for your opinion. Let's get. Let's get that straight right now. I hate your your face. (laughs) Love you, brother. Uh.
3: Okay, moving on. Before you two kill each other. Um, And guess what? We have another pumpkin question coming up. From Brian Hartstad, once again... With the growing anticipation of the start of the 2022 Packers season, what bold prediction do you have for this year's squad? And then food question, pumpkin season is approaching. What is your favorite pumpkin food or drink? So, Steve, I'll let you start first this time. And, Dusty, you can react to his answer.
1: I'm going to say 50 receptions for Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon this year so that that partnered with another 13 win season I think those are the yeah those are two big things that I will go with and then my favorite pumpkin spice uh or my favorite pump was it favorite pumpkin pumpkin food or drink pumpkin food or drink I think I'm gonna go classic I think I'm just gonna go pumpkin pie like I always love that at Thanksgiving, uh, a little bit of uh ready whip right on top. And man, like that's always classic. So plain and simple. I will do that. I mean, I don't mind a pumpkin spice latte at all, but uh, that doesn't happen too often. So I don't, I don't eat pumpkin pie uh,
2: like until Thanksgiving. So that's, yeah, that's my go-to. Uh, it's hard to top that. I'm going to go my bold prediction. I'm gonna go Christian Watson, ten touchdowns. I'm gonna—I don't know if I actually believe this, but I'm talking myself <laughs> into it. I'm gonna give him—I'm uh, gonna give him a few bombs. Um, so we'll, we'll do that, kind of MVS style bombs. We'll take a take a few short throws to the house, maybe some bubble screens, and use that athleticism in space and take it. We've seen him do that at NDSU. I know not the same level of competition, but get loose on a couple of those. We'll give him some jet sweeps in the red zone. He's got the athleticism for some nice change of directions. You can do. Some of the same, not, you know, he's not Devonte Adams, but some of that kind of back and forth they did with Adams that kind of forced the switch and then cut back out in the flat wide open. He's got that, he's got that ability. So I'll say uh, I'm like, I'm going to give him 10 touchdowns. I'm feeling good about it. I, I don't think he's going to have a ton of catches or yards, but I have, I have a good feeling about, about 10 touchdowns or not a good feeling, I guess, because it's bold. Um, favorite <laughs> pumpkin food or drink. Uh, I'm going to go, it's one I can't find anymore. Uh, it's Southern tier warlock. Pumpkin is very, very good. Warlock is their darker pumpkin beer. Um, they don't really distribute in Kentucky anymore, but even the last time I was in Wisconsin, I couldn't find it. They have the Pump King. They don't have the Warlock. Uh, so I will go Southern Tier Warlock, and uh, this is this is my not-so-subtle way of hoping someone reaches out and says, hey, I know where to get some of that, and then I can get some of that. Um, but I do love me when, so much. When Warlock. are you
1: coming to Wisconsin? Uh,
2: late December. We'll be okay. So it's the, right. the 19th. Is the game. I will be on the lookout for you. And then if I do find it, I'll grab it. All right. All right. That's we're gonna write that down. We're gonna write a contract up um to make sure. But okay. I'm in. Thank you, Steve. You're welcome. Even though you're a jackass.
3: Thank you. How did that happen? How did you just go from screaming at each other to being like, Oh, I'll I'll be on the lookout for that for you and I'll make sure to get it when you come? Like, I wow.
2: it was like that was like that was two minutes ago, Sarah.
1: <laughs> so what, you, what you don't understand is that this is a the. well no you do understand this is all this is all for it's for the show like mm-hmm. I think Dusty and, like the one There's one time that you were not going to be on the show and so we were talking about food takes and I was like you know I don't really feel like shaming people on on things that they like and Dusty's like what happened to you what happened to you like why are you not like he's like that and I was like no this is right you're right this is part of the shtick for the show like uh, this is what I have to do like I shouldn't he's shame like, somebody on within racist.
3: I'm trying to be it's nicer,
1: but no, no. The, for the show, I need to be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Makes the show better.
3: Alrighty. Um, and for me, bold prediction. I'm gonna build off what Dusty was talking about earlier with his favorite storyline and how the defense is just popping off. And that's that the Packers will have a top three defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So like super bold, okay. and I'm gonna like I'm gonna gold. go for it. I, I I feel good. I and I don't want to take credit for this prediction because I, I will say I have seen people say that there's you a know, good chance that the defense will be ranked high this year. So, But I'm going with that. And as far as what's my favorite pumpkin food or drink, I love pumpkin muffins. Um, they are absolutely delicious. They're essentially pumpkin bread just in the muffin form. Um, but something about the muffin I really like, um, and you can have it for breakfast, you can have it for dessert, you know, especially with dessert. Sometimes I'll I'll cut the muffin in half, put a scoop of vanilla ice cream in the middle. Absolutely wonderful. So that would be my favorite. And our final question is from Ann Pfeiffer, and they want to know, how fair is it to be worried that it will be 2015 all over again for the offense? Because there are similarities, both teams lost wide receiver. One veteran wide receivers were good, not great, just like now. Rookies, Adams was in his second year, but still had problems with drops, etc. So, Dusty, I feel like this is directed right at you, and you will have a lot of wisdom to share here.
2: Steve, I'm, sh- I'm sure you've got some takes on this as well. But my, my my immediate thought was so 2015. You know, Jordy goes down. That's preseason game one or two or something, right? That was against the Steelers, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and that's the big thing for me, it's timing. Like They re- they did lose wide receiver one in both cases, but it's when they lose him. Jordy, they're expecting him to go in the whole game or the whole season, and he goes down. You don't have time to retool anything at that point, so you got to go with what you have. And that was, you know, you expect Devontae Adams, who was a rookie the prior year, to take a big step up, but he would have been wide receiver two. There would have been Devontae Adams, wide receiver two, Cobb three, Jones four, and instead you bump them all up. So now Devontae Adams, who clearly was not ready, and he struggled, he, he talked about this, Just, I think last year he struggled with confidence. He had the drops and everything, and he just, his game just wasn't there yet. He's wide receiver one, Cobb is wide receiver two, and Jones is wide receiver three. Like, suddenly, like weeks before the season. Well, now they lost Devontae Adams, but they knew they were going to lose him and they lost him early. So you've got enough time to retool. This, this season, a little bit. You've got, I mean, Steve, you mentioned the 50 catches each for the running back. I think LaFleur said something similar, if not that exact same thing, like a week or two ago. Like, and we've seen how they've used Aaron Jones without him. They've got really good skill position. They've got better speed than they did before. That was the thing with when Jordy went down. They didn't have any speed. Devontae Adams is very good now. He was not who he was then, but even then he's never had top end speed. Reino Cobb was never a burner. James Jones had decent speed out of college, but he lost that pretty quick. So they've got more speed now to help kind of stretch the field. And that gives you kind of a margin for error. You don't have, if you don't have that speed, the running back tandem, as much as I loved Eddie Lacey and James Starks, you're limited in a way of what you can do with them as opposed to Jones Dillon. Um, so that gives you, I think the level of versatility they have tight end room is the same. If you assume Uh, Tunyon is going to be healthy. I think a pairing of Tunyon and Deguara is is more dynamic than a pairing of Rogers, uh, Richard Rogers, and Andrew Corliss. Uh, So I think the way the way this is built, I know I was looking at that roster going, oh my god, this is (laughs) this some of that stuff, man. Um, the way they built the roster, you've got a lot of good, dynamic, versatile pieces, young and unknown. Yes. But you can do a lot of stuff with them. We've seen what Aaron Jones can do without Devontae Adams—not not an entire season, but whatever. But I think the biggest thing, the key point for me, um, that if because I've seen this the sort of thought elsewhere, and there are some parallels. But the thing, the reason I have optimism about this is just when you lose wide receiver one, and what happens afterwards. And they lost Jordy right before the season, kind of scrambling. They're still running that same offense. They don't know the pieces to run that offense. Now you lost Devontae, you've got young, dynamic, fast weapons, and a whole offseason to retool the offense, rethink what you're saying. I mean, LaFleur said a couple of months ago, 80% of their passing concepts ran, ran through Devontae, and you can take that different ways. I don't really want to get into what that all means now, but it doesn't mean like these concepts don't work without Devontae Adams just little tweaks and you get them successful again, I think with what they have. So they've obviously put a lot of thought into that. And I think it it bodes well. I think it bodes better for them this season than did in 2015. Uh, I think I'm done, Steve. You have any? You have any thoughts? I mean, as far as like that 2015, uh, like when Jordy went down and kind of what that offense felt like. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think they started out pretty well. They had the KC game that I think Aaron Rodgers threw like five touchdowns, but they were all like behind the line of scrimmage. Then there was that Broncos game that just destroyed them, and they were never quite the same. I don't mm-hmm. have the same feeling this year that they're going to that kind of potentially caught in that rut.
1: I think the big be- the biggest thing when I read this question was. Matt LaFleur versus Mike McCarthy and the the different scopes (laughs) of the offense of, yes, you've lost Devontae Adams. We've seen that Matt LaFleur can just definitely scheme guys open. Like, that is very evident. Mike McCarthy was, go win your battle. Go win your battle. And they did not have the guys that could go do that outside, like especially when you lose wide receiver one. Like, all of a sudden, you, you promote everybody one spot. They're not winning what they're supposed to win. And you lose Jordy like that. And, yeah, that that definitely messed with the offense. Now... I think the biggest thing falls onto Aaron Rodgers of, is he going to trust Matt LaFleur's offense and do the things that we all hoped that he would do instead of throwing to Devante every single time. So I know I've mentioned it multiple times of the whole Brett Favre losing uh Sterling sharp and, and all of a sudden like having to open his eyes and be like, Oh, there's other receivers on the field. Like this is magical. I didn't know that. I didn't know there was other people besides 84 and the same thing with Aaron Rodgers and 17, like you see, like, like Lafleur said, like yeah, eighty percent of the offense was you knew Devonte was going to win no matter what who he was going against. Nine times out of ten, that guy's going to win, and so if he's open, you throw him the ball. And now they have to adjust back to a little bit more reality and trust that offense. But I think they they are in a way better spot than they were in twenty fifteen. If that uh, to me, that's what that that's my thinking behind
2: it. No, that yeah, that all tracks.
3: Alrighty. And on that note, that will do it for today's episode. Uh, And as always, we'll close with final thoughts. So Dusty, uh, since Steve just uh, chatted for a few, we'll give you the floor.
2: Yeah, just been writing, trying to trying to ease back into the season. While also doing a full blown blitz back into the season, trying to trying to get my footing in terms of how much I want to do this year. So I've got a lot this week, and I think some more coming up. So over on Substack, uh, dustyevely.substack.com, I wrote what I'm hoping to do weekly throughout the season, which is just track RPO usage for the for the game, and then use cut ups and kind of say, here's how they did running, here's how they did passing, kind of a percentage breakdown and stuff. So that's up over on Substack. Yesterday on Packer Report, I talked about the Danny Etling touchdown run and looked at the play two plays before that and kind of the movement by the defense and what informed that uh, that kind of read option look, even though he said it wasn't actually a read option uh yesterday at Cheesehead tv i wrote about four instances of the Packers uh using their play action bootleg and the different uh you know the different variations they used off of that some fun stuff there um the, the big uh samari tori drop which is just just an insane throw man uh that's in there uh and kind of the i don't know the him him kind of seeing that uh seeing that defense adjust that, that that to me was a really good play. He, he saw the defense adjust, kind of made the check at the line, then took the deep shot because he knew he was going to have it there. Uh, even when rolling to his left, it was just a beautiful play. It sucks that Tori couldn't couldn't haul that in, but that's over on Cheesehead TV. On YouTube, I did a couple of videos. I don't want to talk about those, but those are up there as well. There's two videos on different th- uh, two different throws there, and then today, hopefully, uh, around 2 p.m., I'm going to be jumping on a live stream with with Peter Bukowski, and we're going to talk about the Packers play-action game uh, from this past week and maybe a little from week one as well. I know that was something that intrigued him, so I thought we would just jump on and, and throw that together. Um, I've got maybe something in the works to look at uh, Zach Tom uh, pass pro sets as well as some, some more Jordan Love throws. But I don't know, man. It's it. I didn't get the film till late, and then we've got a game on Thursday since so a short week. So I don't know if that's going to happen, but... Uh, Busy week, busy week. Only one more preseason game, and then then we got the season coming up, which is uh, it's pretty exciting. Steve,
3: final thoughts for you?
2: Yeah, I don't have too much. Just was absolutely
1: enthralled to be back at Lambeau. Um, Want to give a shout out again to uh, to David for the for just hooking me up with tickets like it was unbelievable that i was able just to ask twitter the packers community who had some tickets and you know i had multiple offers of free tickets for me so you guys are amazing and thank you for that um and it was really cool um the only other thing that i have to say is that uh g said tv is looking for writers for a writer so if you guys oh i'm sorry yeah, he, <laughs> <You're> stole, <kidding. laughs> he was stolen mine like 17 times. So yeah, paybacks a bitch there, bud. Um, yeah. So she said TV is looking for a contributor. I don't know exactly what they're looking for, for writing, but uh, maybe it is to replace Sarah and her, her game day recaps, but yeah, they're looking for a writer. So reach out to, if you, if you've had any interest, if you have any experience, like it's a great place to start. And then, you know, who knows where it'll go from there. So um yeah, check out Cheesehead TV. They're they're looking for somebody. So you could be the next great Dusty Evely.
2: The first great Dusty Evely.
1: <laughs> I was trying to compliment you, but whatever.
2: I reject it. I reject your compliment. <laughs> that sounds very accurate. <laughs>
3: Oh my word! Well, on that note, uh, my final thought is what Steve said. Definitely reach out to Al if you're, you know, looking to get into writing. If you have Packers um, knowledge and a bit of a writing experience, you know, I can't say enough good things about it. Um, wish I could still do it. My schedule's just a bit crazy, and excited for. A- I don't know either. You know if what their role is and what they're going to be doing. But if there is a person that's going to come and, and do game recaps, um, I'm excited to see what they do, and we'll we'll support them in that endeavor. So, uh, looking forward to a great year. And you know, everybody listening, we are you know final preseason game. We're we're, we're in the home stretch. Um, you know, we just got the message from Andy the other day in our Pack a Day group chat that, hey, just a reminder, of these are what the topics are for each day during the season. So that means we're getting closer. We could be more excited. And, you know, thank you as always for following along, um, for sticking with us all off season. And uh, for those that maybe are just joining for the first time in preparation of the season, we're always appreciative of everyone who tunes in and listens every week. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Sarah Kelleher, 4 at Dusty Ebley, at Steve Perhatch, and of course, at pack a Podcast. We will see you next week. And as always, Go Pack Go!
5: mypatriotsupply.com